You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. And we've been looking this season, um, like Dave was saying, about how God chose the weak, the weak things of this world to confound the wise the weak people, the ones who needed God because they really didn't have much of anyone or anything else, the ones who cried out to God for help. Jesus was in that category too, all along, but I think especially in this moment in the garden right before he chose to go to the cross. So we're going to think about that moment here tonight. And for some reason, this moment was hitting me as I was listening to my cousin over the Thanksgiving meal as we were stuffing our faces with turkey and and stuffing um she was describing to me how her life kind of fell apart over the past year and she realized um that her husband was an addict and their their house was like physically falling apart and um she just wanted to give up on everything But instead of giving up, she made the husband and the kids start going to church, which for my cousin, first time ever in her life. And she even started to to go to therapy herself for the first time. And it turns out her therapist was a Christian. And um, meanwhile, her husband got sober. They're fixing up the house. The kids are in therapy. Every day is hard, she said, but every day I pray. And life is slowly starting to feel more livable. So it was a a good moment. It was a good, it was beautiful to see this transformation and the call to prayer in it. I think that Jesus prayed really desperately too, even though um, he may have had a sense all along that he was going to die, um, I think he, he freaks out a little bit uh, right before this moment of choosing. I don't mean to sound blasphemous by saying that. I just want you to relate to Jesus like he is relating to you in all of your humanity. But Jesus prays, and the Father strengthens him to make the most loving choice. And this story um, is recorded in all four Gospels. And all the guys tell it a little bit differently based on their personalities and interests. Like Luke is the only one who remembers that Jesus heals the servant's ear because Luke was a doctor. And, And Mark is the only one who catches a naked guy running away from the scene because Mark is quick and funny like that. And John is the only one who insists that Jesus gave himself up before Judas actually identifies him with a kiss because John always highlights um, Jesus' suffering love, I think, as the sacrificial lamb that he was. But my point is that they all tell the story a little differently. So I wanna, we're going to read it together. Um, and all the, all the guys tell the story a little bit differently based on who they, they were, and I think we're the same way. We all bring something unique and important to the body of Christ. So I hope, you, I hope we can read it with that sense. And um, I tried to put it all together to get the whole story for us today. So 
I think we should pick parts. I need a, I need a Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, Matthew's in yellow, Mark's in green, Luke's in purple, and John is in blue. Who wants to be who? John? All right. Who wants to be Mark? Quick and funny. What? Anybody for Mark? Thank you, Jane. Um, green. Who are we missing? <laughs> I don't think we have a Matthew yet, do we? Katie, all right, great. It's two slides, so let's listen to each other. And <laughs> All right, Luke is purple. John is blue. I might have said that wrong, Glenn. Sorry. So 
Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's hand was mouthless. Jesus commanded Peter, No more of this. Put your sword away. For all who draw the sword of the God out of the do not think that you can't the father of the deal or the that I be more responsible how then do you see the sword that they end up having this way? Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Am I leaving the rebellion? Like you just said, you'll come out with swords and clubs to capture me. Every day I was with you, teaching in the tough court, and you did not arrest me. The scriptures must be fulfilled. And everyone observed him and said, A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked and came to find him. Thank you, Jane, and everybody. I think that part there shows how how alone Jesus is at this point that some guy would rather lose his clothes than to stay with Jesus in this scene his best friends couldn't even help him emotionally and and spiritually get ready for this moment of courageous love that opened up all of eternity they couldn't they couldn't even get behind him they didn't know what to say to him like mark records they didn't understand what he was going through. But God helped him as he prays. So I want to tell you that community is awesome. And you guys know this. And we've got to keep coming together. Friends are important. And a lot of people love the church community for the community that it provides, even in its broken way, right? And they're right. But I think unless we're each trying to relate to God in faith. Each of us in prayer and in faith, our community is weak and destined for trouble. We're going to get trouble, we're going to get pelted by trouble anyway. But I think we won't build anything strong and vibrant without the power of the spirit. That word Gethsemane, Jesus was in this garden of Gethsemane in this scene and that word means oil press which seems uh, fitting, I think, for Jesus' choice of a place to wrestle with God. The garden was an olive grove, and I don't know if you've ever tasted an olive, like, right off the tree, but it's terrible. Um, and I love olives. Here's my dad between two different kinds of olive trees, and... Uh, he was saying, take a picture of me with black olives on one side and green olives on the other, because he thought this was like paradise, like being between the two. Um, but the fact is that they're not good until they've been treated. They need to be cured. And they need to be pressed in order to draw out their flavor and their goodness. And I think that's what relating with God does for us in prayer. It's, it's that refining. It's kind of like a mirror where we get to see ourselves through God's eyes, which helps us to mature and to make decisions out of love for the common good. I've had a few dramatic prayer moments like this in my life. I'm sure you have too. 
um, moments where I'm wrestling with God and I finally, by the grace of God, yield to his direction. I can hardly compare them to Jesus on the cross, but bear with me. I'm just trying to give a sermon here. The first was um, that came to mind as I was writing this was when I thought that I should give up my nice little social work job and go to be um, Rod's office assistant, essentially, um, after like our 50th one quit, right, Rod? <laughs> and uh, this is the only time I, in my life that I can remember like crying all night long. And it wasn't because Rod is not awesome to work with. Um, it, was, it was this deeper struggle um, I wasn't just crying because I loved my job and the people I worked with and I was good at it. I wasn't just crying because it was a blow to the ego to be somebody's secretary with my master's degree and there was a good chance I'd be terrible at it because I'd have to get organized and pay attention to detail. That was all true. Um, but the main reason I was up all night is I think God was working with my willingness or unwillingness, and I needed him to win in me. I wanted him to. I knew that he was calling me, and I'd be much better drinking, I'd be much better off drinking the cup he was giving me than doing something else. I just had to get over myself and my, my resistance that was really just fear, um, not lack of desire. I needed to settle into a deeper trust in God. And I think, I think that's what Jesus was working on, even in the garden. And some of you know that God is calling you. Um, talking to God about it instead of avoiding that nudge, I think can help us to work through our resistance and calm our fears and take a step, maybe just a little step, in a new direction. What I'm saying is don't worry about your unwillingness and your long list of insecurities and impossibilities. We all have them. Julian of Norwich, um, one of my favorite contemplatives, said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's willingness. A very mysterious thing, I think, happens in prayer over time that we we learn to yield to God's love in us. But it often involves, I should say always in my experience, recognizing the fears that keep us from that, like Jesus did in the garden. Prayer helps us with that recognition and I think allows God's power to be greater than our many limitations. There was another moment in my life that was a little more basic. I don't even know if I should apply it to the spiritual life. Um, but it was this kind of fearful, Jesus, take this cup from me prayer. It's when I was in labor with my second child. It was terrible because I knew what was coming, because I had gone through it before. Um, I gave birth to Zach with, without any medications. And I knew the intensity of it and that this baby was like twice the size of Zach. And so I hit this wall of fear that almost stopped the contractions because you know if you fight the pain, 
you're working against the process. And I could hear the, as I was having my panic moment, I could hear the midwives whispering about the medical interventions that I might need to have um, to get things moving again. And I was like, get out. I'm going to pray um, and just transfer some of this pain into Jeff's quads. Poor Jeff. Um, and Corey was eventually born. But I tell you that story to illustrate that consciously facing your fear and resistance with God might help you generate some new birth, some spiritual new birth, more peace, more joy, the kind of life that generates more life, like a new compassion team, a healed relationship, a new cell, I don't know what God is calling you into. The possibilities are endless. But to get there, I think it's okay to be desperate and at the bottom in prayer. In fact, we might need to embrace some desperation. We might need to just go there because I think that's kind of how life is. It is a spiritual battle, and there's a lot at stake. One of my favorite theologians, Eugene Peterson, says, with the vastness of the heavenly invasion and the urgency of the faith decision rolling into our consciousness like thunder and lightning, we cannot stand around on Sunday morning or evening filling the time with pretentious small talk on how bad the world is and how wonderful this new stewardship campaign is going to be. Although... Don't let that be a reason for not filling out your common fund survey. Um, But I think his point is made that there is a lot at stake. And what God is doing is even greater than all the mess that we see around us and often feel inside of us. And so we must learn to pray. And if I offer anything to you as a pastor over the years, I hope I offer that an invitation to prayer, to relate to God directly and ask for what we need um, with with a willingness to listen for what God is saying, allowing God to heal and comfort and guide us. I think any great good, we have a a lot of like great, we're doing a lot of great stuff, especially through our compassion teams, but any great good we we do will come from this place of solitude with God, I think. Without it, we're we're rendered harmless. But with God, we are dangerous and subversive, like Jesus. And we undermine the powers of evil on a daily basis. So I want to remind you, just here in closing, I want to remind you what what subversive people look like. Um, Here at the end of this series of Stories from the Bottom, Jesus taught that people who undermine the powers of evil aren't usually the ones with big, uh, powerful positions or lots of money or military or political force, right? They are regular, commonplace people, and that's why he always highlighted small, single, quiet tools in his teaching, like salt, yeast, that's some uh, yeast um, under a microscope. Seeds, 
whispers, narrow gates. None of it is loud and flashy or fearsome by worldly standards. It's not the language of dominance and winning. And yet, it knows the victory through speaking the truth and love and working for justice all night long. It knows the victory. We know the victory through yielding to God, like, like Jesus begging for God's will to be done in him, or like cell hosts making a place in their home every week, whether they've had a bad day or not. That's subversive. Subversives know that the world is headed for destruction, but there's another world, a borning, that is livable and whose character can be known in Christ. And that we cannot use the means of the world to bring in the new creation. We must notice what God is already doing and pray for new ways to affect change. I think that's what we're doing together. We're trying to discover the methods of subversion through prayer, finding and welcoming allies, creating and inventing and experimenting and conspiring for goodness and resistance and protecting the place of love that God has already given us. So that's what I want to do with you, and that's what I think we are working on together. Let me pray, and then we have some time for talk back. Jesus, thank you for your example of someone who prayed even as God himself, um, and the reminder that um, you identify with us even in feeling alone and being alone, um, and that you remind us that we are actually not, that we are with you, even when we might feel discouraged and alone. We are with you, and you are doing a good work in this world, and we're part of that. So encourage us, Lord, tonight. Give us uh, strength for our battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.